Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 2 Samuel chapter 23. And if I were to give this one a title, it would be No One Wins Alone. No One Wins Alone. Do you know one of the grossest, most horrible, most disgusting, (laughs) it's not that bad, but one of the worst things anyone ever says is if they say that they are a self-made man or woman. You ever heard someone say that before? Isn't that one of the most untrue statements you've ever heard? Because behind every self-made, you know, whatever, millionaire, YouTube star, whatever, is a bunch of people to help them get there. The other day, I was looking at this uh, Instagram uh, reel that had had a picture of this guy who was taking a picture of himself, kind of a selfie, and he was like, I don't need anybody. I'm all by myself. And then what happened was, is then he slowly turned his camera around and showed you what was just outside the shot. And there was no less than 20 people (laughs) holding up lighting, having a microphone in the right place, doing color correction. Like this self-made man, all by himself with his selfie, had a team of 20 people helping him look all by himself. And that's true with anybody. Anybody who accomplishes anything has help along the way. And that's what we're going to talk about today as David is getting ready to end his life and we're getting ready to end 2 Samuel chapter 23. We're going to talk about how behind David is an amazing team of people and maybe God will speak to us about what's going on in our own life as well. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, before we go any further, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to what we're doing. You can like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, leave us a five-star review on the podcast. And I want to say two things about that real quick. Number one... I've had so many of you lately that are on the YouTube channel saying, Pastor Brandon, you are getting on my nerves (laughs) telling us that your podcast listeners are your favorite. Well, guess what? I was going to stop saying that, but knowing that it bothers you has me doing it even more. So one more time, hey, YouTube, the podcast is still my favorite, (laughs) and I hope you understand how sarcastic I'm being. But I do want to say I love all of you so much, and it means a lot to us that are on the team here at the Bible Breakdown when you leave us a comment, uh, when you leave us the five-star review, and then leave us a review. I know it takes a couple extra minutes to do that, but also when you engage with the YouTube channel. And as a matter of fact, I want to say to this one person, her name was Miss Elise. She said that she gets up every morning and listens to the Bible breakdown, and it's one of the best parts of her day. So I want to say, Miss Elise, thank you very much. And you also mentioned that it is frustrating to you sometimes when we don't post these on time. And I want to take full responsibility and say that I'm sorry for that, but I am so thankful that you are along for the ride. If you would like to know more about all of this, make sure you like, share, and subscribe, but also go to our Bible Breakdown discussion on Facebook. There's an amazing team of people doing a wonderful job, and man, we are in this to grow together because the more we dig, the more we find. And we're going to find that in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Because as we are finishing up 2 Samuel, remember the theme of this book is that God qualifies the called. That's exactly what he's done with David. Remember, David was the last person picked in his family. 
But then as we see, he went and he stood before Goliath and he defeated Goliath. And then when he was you know, leading the nation of Israel, he was doing all of those things uh, as he was going and fighting the battles, even though Saul was king. And then as he ran from Saul for a while because he didn't want to, to kill Saul, he did all those things. And then he went over and, and did, you know, fought you know, against the Philistines without them knowing it. Then he becomes king, just all these things. And if we're not careful, we have this mental picture of David against the world, right? David against everybody who was with Saul and all of that. But the reality is, is behind David was an army of people who fought these different battles with Saul, uh, with David against Saul and against all these different military people. And I think that's an important lesson for all of us to realize because behind us is a lot of people, a lot of opportunities, a lot of lessons learned that along the way, it has these really have become you know, fellow journeyers, fellow travelers on this road of life. And I want to read this, and this is this is going to be interesting because there's a lot of words in here I can't say. <laughs> but if you have your Bibles and you have them open with me to 2 Samuel chapter 23, we're going to read through God's Word together, listen to some really amazing people that helped David become this self-made person, even though no one wins alone. Then we're going to see what God's Word has to say to us in our own lives. So you ready? Here we go. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 says this. These are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, speaks. David, the man who was raised up so high. David, the man anointed by God of Jacob. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Wow, David, thank you for telling us all the good things about yourself. (laughs) Verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, The one who rules righteously, who rules in the fear of God, is like the light of morning at sunrise, like the morning without clouds, like the gleaming of the sun on new grass after rain. Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His agreement is arranged in a guarantee of every detail. He will ensure my safety and success. But the godless are like thorns to be thrown away, for they tear the hand that touches them. One must use iron tools to chop them down, and they will be truly consumed by fire. So already we see that David is kind of writing a final psalm or song, just declaring what God has done. And I love that of all the things that David could have wrote about, he could have wrote about his victory over Saul, he could have wrote about you know, becoming king, but what he writes about is about his relationship with God. I've heard it said before that when you're on your deathbed, it's amazing how the things that do matter and the things that don't matter. And I love how as David is getting to the end of his life, he is really reflecting on what, what mattered the most. And the one constant in his life was relationship with God. I love that. Well, we're going to take a moment and pause from that. And the author of 2 Samuel is going to say, these are the different people that was with David along the way. And this is going to be fun. So here we go. Verse number eight. These are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jeshobim. Let's try that again. Jeshobim of Mechanite, the leader of the three. 
the three mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. In other words, if you ever see this guy on battle, go the other way. The next in rank among the three was Eleazar, son of Dodai, and that he was the descendant of Ahoah. Once Eleazar and David stood together against the Philistines when an entire Israelite army fled. He killed the Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword, and the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Wow. Next in rank was Shammah, the son of Agi, from Herar. One time, the Philistines gathered at Leah and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. The Israelite army fled, but Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So, the Lord brought about a great victory. Verse 13, Once during the harvest, when David was at the cave of Adullam and the Philistine army camped at the valley of Rephaim, the three who were among the 30, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of the good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So, the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate of Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are the examples of the exploits of the three. Now pause. Now, the reason why David did this was because he was showing great respect for these men. He was saying, this water is holy because it is very valuable because it is a representation of you putting your life on the line for me. But can we just be honest? If I risked my life to bring somebody a Coca-Cola and I put it in front of them and they pour it out out of respect I'm not feeling respected in that moment. I'm like, hey, listen, you want to respect me? How about you drink that thing? Because I, <laughs> I risked my life to bring it to you. But David was saying, this is reserved for an act of worship. So he didn't do it just throwing it on the ground, didn't care. It was an act of worship because he was saying it is more valuable than my life is worth because of what you've done. You've done. So it sounded like he was dissing them, but actually he's saying it's way more important than my life. So I'm going to give this as an act of worship. But still... Kind of odd, right? Verse 18. Abishai, son of Zeruai, the brother of Joab, was the leader of the 30. He once used his spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. Abishai was one of the most famous of the 30, and he was their commander, though he was not one of the three. So in other words, you have three, the most important guys. Then you had 30 and the leader of the 30 was Abishai. So they're like level two, right? There was also a guy named Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzil. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Don't mess with that joke. Once, armed only with a club, he killed an opposing Egyptian warrior who was armed with a spear. 
Benaiah rinsed the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than any of the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three. And David made him the captain of his bodyguard, which is, of course, because if he can do that, I'm putting you in charge of me. Right? Here we go. Verse 24, other members of the 30 included Asahel, Joab's brother, Elhana, son of Dodo, and I bet you no one made fun of his dad's name, from Bethlehem, Shammah from Herod, Elkai of Harad, Haliz from Pilon, Ira, son of Ikesh from Tekoa, Abizar, the son of Anathoth, Sabisha, son of Hashua, Zalman, the son of Ahua, Mahara, son of Netopha, Heled, the son of Benaiah from Hetopha, Itaiah, son of Reba from Gabeah, the land of Benjamin, Benaiah, the son of Perathon, Huriah, son of Nahal Kahash, Baha Alaban from Arba, Asmavazin, <laughs> let me try that, Asmavazin, yeah, there you go, from Aburam, Eliba, son of Shalaban, the sons of Jashim, Jonathan, the son of Shegi from Harar, and Hayam, son of Sharar of Harar, and Eliphat, son of Abishai of Makkah, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel from Geloa, and Hezro from Carmel, and Para, son of Arba, Egal, son of Nathan from Zoboth, and Benaiah from Gad, Zelek of Ammon, Naharai, son of Berath, the armor-bearer of Joab's son, Zariah, Ira, son of Jatir, Jerib, son of Jatir, and Riah, the Hittite, and he, we know about him. And these were 37 in all. I'm going to tell you something. Those names are hard to say, but I guarantee you nobody made fun of them jokers <laughs> because them guys could end you swiftly. And these were the guys who were directly behind the scenes. If you pulled back the curtain of David's greatness, you've got God as the author of all. Then you had these guys who are making it happen. And so nobody stands alone. Nobody wins by themselves. Everyone has a group of people behind them that are helping make it possible. Even though some of them may not always be the people that you'd want to own. I'm sure when David had this list made up, he probably didn't want to include Uriah the Hittite. If you don't know his story, Uriah the Hittite was the husband of Bathsheba, who he eventually had an affair with and had this guy killed. So even the negative things still go in to telling your story. And so I want to ask you this question as we get ready in our time together today, and that is this. Who is in your story? Who stands behind you? Whose shoulders do you stand on to do the things that God has called you to do? Who is it that has helped you become who you are? I never forget one time I was watching a Lifetime Achievement Award given to Fred Rogers from uh, the famed show Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And as he was getting ready to uh, receive the award, he began to give his speech and he said, you know, I'm up here receiving this award, but really I am the sum total of all the people who have helped me become and receive and achieve and make it to this moment. And he was looking out over the crowd and he said, I'm sure across this crowd right now, there are so many people, parents, loved ones, teachers, mentors, who have spoke into your life that have helped you get to the place you are. And he said, I wonder if we could take 30 seconds 
to just remember them and say thank you. And he, he said, I'll keep the time. So he started the time. And as the camera panned across the audience, the first five, 10 seconds, you could see people laughing and murmuring. 10 to 15 seconds, they started to think of someone. 15 to 20 seconds, people started, you could tell their minds had kind of left that moment and went to maybe a special moment in their mind. And by the time the camera had panned 25 to 30 seconds, there were tears all throughout the audience. As people began to remember someone special in their life that God had put in a unique moment to help them become who they ultimately became. And I want to leave us with that. You know, God's word says that he is for us more than we can imagine. And one of the amazing things that God does is he puts people in our life to help us take the next step. I wonder, when is the last time you sent a text message, made a phone call, went to visit, wrote a letter to somebody in your life that has made a difference? Maybe you would say, well, they, they know that already. They may need to hear it again. Do you know the people that need encouragement the most are often the people that you think don't need it? And usually it's because they're the kind of person that's always giving that love, giving that attention, giving those accolades. And because of that, you know, people look to them for encouragement. And so you'd be surprised how many times they don't receive it. So I've got some homework for you today, and then we're going to pray. And that is this. Before tomorrow, when we read God's word again, I want you to be in touch with somebody, someone who's made a difference in your life, and I want you to tell them thank you. And don't just say thank you, but tell them why. Thank you that two years ago on this date, you did this. And watch what happens. Because not only will it bless them, but it'll bless you too. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you're with us and you're for us. You put so many wonderful people in our life to help us take these next steps. God, I pray that as we reflect on that over the day today, you'll fill our hearts with gratitude and to realize, Lord, that nobody achieves anything alone, but we stand together. And I'm thankful for that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And don't forget, God's word says in 2 Samuel chapter 7, your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. God establishes an eternal covenant with who is his. And God has established a covenant with you, and he's never going to stop until he sees you become everything he's called you to be. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for the finale of 2 Samuel, for 2 Samuel chapter 7.